appreciate having Miss Megan back with us. She's been, she's been hiding the back scenes here past few weeks, but good to have. Come on, Mamma. I don't know what they, I don't know what they call you, Grandma, Mamma, Nana, Grammy, Grammy. I just see the 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 joy glowing off of your face. Hold up that little baby right there, Miss Miss Hadley. She says. She says, leave me alone. Come on. Isn't that beautiful? Wow. Amen. Amen. We know that, um, that the baby got all of her looks from her dad because her mother still has hers. So we're... <laughs> Amen. God is gracious. Connie, we're believing for Chris this morning, aren't we? We prayed for him earlier, but we're going to keep on. Before, at the end of the service, I want us to um, acquire a, a cloth, a prayer cloth that we can send and anoint and pray over. We're going to believe for miracles. Amen. Well, as you are aware, um, I've tried to start a series on Ephesians 1. <laughs> and so we are going to continue in trying uh, we're in Ephesians chapter uh, 1 and starting with verse 17. If you want to turn with me to Ephesians 1, uh, 17. Man, um, there's an, a song that every Sunday morning, uh, how they would conduct service uh, at the French Harbor Church of God in Honduras is that the children would come in after Sunday school, and, and I'm telling you, I'm talking like 180 children would come in after Sunday school, and they would set in their sections as pertaining to the class they were in, the age groups, and then they would quote the scripture of the day that they learned in that class. But before that, they, we would always start with one song. And it was, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Come on. See you high and lifted up. Come on. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love. As we sing, holy, holy, holy. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Some of y'all sang that before too, haven't you? What a beautiful song. And, and, and I'll be honest, um, every week I was thinking, do y'all not know another song? <laughs> and, and at times it would get like, this is so um, redundant. We sing this every week. But you know what? What a prayer to pray. Amen. What a scripture that it is identifying for God to open up our understanding, our heart, to know him, to know his truths, to know his word. That's Paul's prayer for us. Verse 17 says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. God, give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. God, reveal to us who you are. Reveal to us. Woo. Man, can you imagine the revelation of God? Do we really want to know him? Do we really want to know the glory of God? Wow. <laughs> so amazing. So amazing. Verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. What is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. 
And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things, say all things, he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. What a powerful scripture. What a powerful scripture. Father, God, I pray that you'll add the blessings of the reading of your word. I pray that we will be tuned in to your spirit this morning, that we recognize, Lord, what you desire for us. And Lord, that this prayer that Paul, the Apostle Paul, prayed for each one of us, that we would be able to grasp a hold of the depths of what you have in store for us. God, you are amazing. And Lord, we thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, this week has been an exciting week. We've had something just about every night of the week. And um, my wife told me, she said, because at Tuckalichi on, on Tuckalichi Baptist Church on Thursday night, she says, now don't go up there and sing in the choir. Well, y'all know me. I like to sing. So you know what I did? I got up in the choir and I sang. Of course, I didn't realize that I was cutting up in the choir and the pastor's wife was in front of me and then I got in trouble. I'm just <laughs> but uh, then last night, you know, um, I appreciate Megan and, and uh, Tina. I think, it was, I think it was led by Tina. Tina's like, Pastor, I don't want you singing tonight. I want you, I want you uh, being able to minister however you need to be ministering. But you've you got to realize, guys, whether I've got a microphone or not, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to be singing, right? And I'm not going to sing quietly. I'm going to sing with everything these lungs can produce. So a few moments ago, I was singing, and it was, my voice was going out, and I'm like, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. <laughs> but you know what? I'll never, I don't want to ever not give him everything. I want to know that I'm worshiping the Lord with all of my heart, with all of my mind, with all of my strength, amen, with all that's in me. I want to give him praise because he's worthy of that, right? Amen. amen. When we look at what Paul's praying for, you know, that we might have the knowledge of the hope of our calling. I went over a little bit of that last week and, and um, kind of going to regress just a little bit to help us to grasp a little bit of that. But to think that we have a treasure in heaven. We have a heavenly home. The hope of our calling is a heavenly calling. I think that so many times we have lost sight of the end goal. We get so caught up in just what's going on around us that that we've watered down heaven. Matter of fact, there's, there's literally a great percentage of evangelicals that don't even believe in hell any longer. When's the last time we talked about, preached a message on hell, right? We don't talk about it, nor do we talk about heaven. But yet, no matter who dies and no matter what relationship they have, we all want to send them to heaven, right? Because we want, we want to know that there's a hope and glory. We want to know that. But that hope is for those who are in Christ Jesus, those who know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, those who are not only 
confessing but committed, right? That we commit our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, that we confess that he's the Lord. And when we confess that he's Lord, if we're confessing that he's Lord, what Lord is is that he is our master, he's our uh, leader, he's our guide. He becomes the head of the body and we trust and follow his direction according to his plan. But we have a hope of our calling. Our calling is an upward calling, a high calling, a calling into Christ Jesus. And, and thanks be to God that we have a heavenly calling. I mean, to, to understand that the word of God tells us, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for them who love him, for those who are called according to his purpose. The Spirit of God reveals that. The Spirit that searches the depths of our heart, He reveals that to us. And we need to grasp a whole walk in the Spirit so we can understand the hope of this calling that He has for us. Amen? If only we could understand these glories. If only we could grasp a hold of these truths. If only we understood that it is not what we gain on this side of glory that will be beneficial to us on the other side of glory. Because let me tell you something, like the old t-shirt that I used to wear, there's no hot rods in hell. Come on, somebody. You can't take it with you. You can go to the pyramids of where ancient Pharaoh kings are buried and they put all of their stuff in those tombs so that they could take it to the afterlife. And guess what? A thousand years later, you can go dig into the same tomb and find every little treasure that they buried because it's still there. Amen? But we have the hope of glory. Man, what he has prepared for us is so much more than what we could gather and hoard and achieve here on earth. Come on, amen? Amen. So to recognize the hope of that calling, the heavenly part of that, to know that we have the hope of the gospel, the hope of righteousness, the hope of a relationship, right relationship with God, the hope to know that he cares about you. Somebody needs to look to somebody and say, he, he loves you. I think first that we really need to declare that he knows you. Because you, somebody say, well, he lo- does he really know me? Because if he knows me, would he love me? And the fact is, is that he does know us. And even in all of our brokenness and even in all of our failures, our hurts, habits, and hangups, he still loves us. So much so that he was willing to go to the cross of Calvary so that we could find freedom from our sins. Isn't that amazing? Thank you, Jesus. God is gracious. He knows us. That we also need to grab a hold of the fact that uh, how much the Lord, the God God himself treasures us. You know, when we look through the parables, we can see a parable of of one who has discovered a great treasure, a great, uh, went through the field and discovered a great treasure and went and sold everything they had and bought the field. We can see the, the parable of the pearl of great price and how he went and found that and he sold all that he had so he'd go back and buy the pearl. Well, guess what? Every single one of you are a pearl that the Lord himself loved so much that he was willing to leave the 99, willing to leave everything, willing to sell it all, willing to come to this earth, leaving the throne room of heaven to die on a cross just because of you, because you are that important to him, because he loves you that much. You're valuable. You are worth it. The world wants to tell you you're worthless, and God says you're worth it. God loves you that much. God cares about you that much. I mean, when the word of God says that he spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the love of God. That's the hope of our calling. That's what we can grab a hold of this morning. Amen. So we see that in the scripture, he said that he wanted us to know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory 
of his inheritance in the saints and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. This morning, I want us to to go to that last one and, and, and look at what is this exceeding great power that he has towards us. To know the power that is available to the children of God. I don't know about you, but when you think of all this power, what does that look like? I mean, you know, we, we look at superheroes as powerful. We see all these different Marvel videos, and I think it was just a few years ago, they come out with one with Batman versus Superman. Now, we, we all know Superman. Come on. He's got supernatural power. Batman's just got a bunch of toys, right? Of course, I wouldn't mind having a bunch of toys. <laughs> Pretty cool. But there's this debate on which one would win, which one's the most powerful. But then you go through and you see all these different characters. And, and, and reality is, is that many of them are based on Greek gods that they have brought up. Think of Diana, Wonder Woman, right? And they're just going back and reintroducing Greek gods and mythical gods to us trying to uh, enamor us with all these magical, mystical uh, beings of power. I mean, uh, we were watching, what is it, the Avengers, and, and, and here's this, this one who has attained to all this power, Thanos. Y'all act like y'all hadn't seen some of these. I know some of y'all have. And he's acquired all these different power stones. I, I don't even know the name. I'm sorry, guys. I'm, I'm just, what are they called? Infinity stones. <laughs> I know, right? And he gets all these infinity stones, and, 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 and it gives them this great power to be able to literally, with a snap of his finger, take out half of the population the universe, I'm sorry, of the universe. See, you, thank you, buddy. I'm glad I've got these uh, Greek theologians up here. <laughs> but you know, you, you can look through all these, and it, no matter whether it's a, a blue cube, and I don't know what that's supposed to be called either, blue cube that empowers Captain America to be this invincible uh, person, you know, went from those little small guys. I've always wanted to kind of have a little bit of that juice too, but uh, never happened. But all that power, all of the thoughts of what that looks like is not even a drop in the bucket compared to the power of God. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 28. He says, all power has been given to me. What? All power has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now, that blows my mind because we understand that, that God is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. We grab a hold of that and we... we, 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 we Try to comprehend that. And, and, and literally last night as I was studying this and uh, I got home from this wonderful service last night and that just kept rolling in my mind. All power in heaven and on earth. So I went into a study of just the power of the sun. Of course, I employed my wife who's teaching physical science and this will be a lesson for those who are in her physical science class next week. But I say, how much power does the sun produce? And, and it'll blow your mind to think of the power that the sun produces. Because the sun releases approximately 4.26 million metric tons of energy. Not per year. 4.26 metric tons of energy, not per 
day, not per week, not per month, not per hour, but per second. Now, I'm thinking, well, that's a big number. That's cool. So I tried to try to comprehend that. Well, what does that mean for me? What does that mean? Like when I, when I go out and look at my meter on the side of the house and that baby is, I'm thinking, I feel like I'm using 4.26 million metric tons. And then when that bill comes in, I feel like I've used more, right? So I'm like, what does that mean? How does that compute to what we do every single day? And so I looked at that, what that means as watts. We understand watts. You know, we plug in that 100-watt bulb, and hopefully you're using LEDs. It's a, a lot less than that these days. But that 100-watt bulb produces a lot of light. The 75-watt bulb's a little softer. The 50-watt's a little better. The 30-watt, you can't see anything. <laughs> but when that is computed into watts, that's three, 384.6 septillion watts of power per second. Now, I'm like, septillion? What does that mean? I mean, I'm thinking million, like 100,000, millions, trillions. I get trillions. I mean, look at the national debt, 31-something trillion dollars. Don't understand it. Don't know how we're going to pay for it, but we got it. But septillion. So I said, like, well, how does that look on paper? And that's 384.6 with 26 zeros behind it. That's a bunch. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot. And so then, then, you know, okay, okay, that's still just like pfft, overwhelming, mind-blown, powerful. And so then what, what, what does that mean for me? How does that comp compute to, to me? Then, then I started looking at, well, how much power does the whole world, all right? I'm not talking about the United States. The whole world, how much power does our world use every year? And so our world uses 500 with 26 zeros behind it. So, so what does that mean? Okay, okay, I got this. You ready? So the sun puts off enough energy to run the whole world for one year in less than two seconds. Count with me. One, two. So do it again. One, two. Right there. Right there. Done. Enough power, whole year. Wow. He's been given all power in heaven. <laughs> what? And on earth. Now, that blows your mind, or blow, at least blows, I know you guys are like, much smarter. That blows my mind. But then I start thinking about that's just one star in our solar system. And then there's these massive suns, and, and I'm not going to pronounce this right because I'm reminded of the movie Beetlejuice, but anyway, but Beetle something. And our sun is the size of a dot compared to the size of that star. And then there's one bigger than that, Artus, which is like huge. I'm sorry, I feel like Donald Trump with my limited verb, you know, vocabulary. It's just great. It's awesome. It's big. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should just quit now, right, while I'm ahead. <laughs> but can you imagine that? Now look, I just mentioned three stars, and yet they've created 
telescopes now that are now seeing galaxies beyond galaxies. And, and you think of the solar systems and the galaxies. And so literally just in our galaxy, there's over 100 billion stars. And then there's more than likely 100 billion galaxies All power has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Why would we put God in a box? Why would we limit the power of God? Why would we, why would we even think that he is incapable of doing something mighty and powerful for every single one of us when he can, when he can declare in one breath, let there be light and there's light? Come on, somebody. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Man, so powerful. So what do we do with that power? Well, you know, once again, you look at these supervillains, and you don't ever see, like, superheroes trying to get more power. It's like they just, they're there. But supervillains are always trying to get more power. They're usually self-serving, it's usually for vengeance. It's usually for control, right? What would we do with the power of God? What would we do if we understood the power of God toward us, right? I mean, to think, if you look at the, the various social systems of, our, of the generations that we've lived in, and, and we think of even Marxism. Marxism is a type of government that tries to centralize power, but the precept is wrong because the precept is that everybody is inherently good, but we know that everybody is inherently bad if they don't know Jesus. It is only God who makes us inherently good and the only as we walk in the knowledge of God or in Christ Jesus do we are we able to portray the gifts of God and demonstrate the love of God to the world that God created come on somebody and so therefore it's kind of like winning the lottery you know this I think somebody won the lottery the other day yesterday or something like that now look I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands because I don't want any of y'all to sin of how many of you guys bought a lottery ticket this past week, right? I, I've never bought a lottery ticket. But that doesn't stop me from dreaming. I'll drive down the road and I'll see that like 1.3 something billion dollars. I'm thinking, what would I do with 1.3? Of course, you know, the government gets, uh, you know, really who actually wins in this is the United States Treasury. I mean, they get... I mean, you get like 700, uh, you know, thousand or whatever, million. Thanks. My math teacher, mother-in-law's up for it. I'm trying to behave, y'all. My mother-in-law's here. But, you know, we, we think in our mind, what would we do? And we thought, I think, well, man, I could build the next phase of the church. We could do this. We could help this social organization. We could do that. I'd give the world missions. I'd, whoa. But down deep in the back of my heart, can I just be honest? I'm thinking a red Lamborghini would look really good. You know what I'm saying? Of course, I am the house paid off, remodeled. You know, I'm, it's okay to dream, right? And then that, what happens when we think of if we had that much power? Because in, in our society, money somewhat equals power. But deep down inside, we might have some great ideas and we might think of, oh, man, we could help so many people. But down deep inside, there's still that little thing that says, oh, red Lamborghini, you know. There's something down deep inside that just stirs and says, oh, nice. I could have three motorcycles and not just one. I could have one that Kim likes and one that I really like. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm just saying, right? That's what's down deep inside. And so we got to realize that that only in Christ Jesus can we, can we walk in this anointing and in this power because ultimately power can corrupt because it, is the, it just brings out the corruption that's already in. All right, I'll move on. I'm whew, blown. It's crazy. Power. 
So when the Lord says, he says, all power has been given to me in heaven and earth, then he commands this. He says, he says to his disciples, go into all the world and you put up with that hostile people. Right? I mean, that's PDV, Paul Dyer version. That doesn't sound fair. You've been given all the power, but then you want me to deal with all these people. Come on. Here's the key. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. I believe that we need to grasp and understand, and that's what he's trying to speak to us, that you need to understand the power that is available to each one of us. I believe that it is important that we know the power that God has for us to be a part of and use in this, in this world today. It's, it's cringeworthy to think of how many times we, we kind of back down or we cower at the things of this world as if it has any power over us. As if this world has more authority than we have. Come on, right? I mean, they might have a political power. They might have a ju judicial power. But we have a power that's above authority. A power that's above the powers. A power that's over all dominion. Come on. It is that kind of power that we have available to us. Thank you, Jesus. So many times we, we go out and we're like, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to do this for you. And we step our toe in the water like, whoa, now I don't know about that. And yet, it is for us to be a part of. It's for us because I think we sense our own weakness and we don't recognize that it is in our weakness that he is made strong. Right? right? I mean, many times... The Lord is wanting the church to, to really reach out and, and really advance. And, 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 and so many times we're in the posture of retreating rather than advancing. Well, do you feel too weak to keep on going sometimes? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I'm just too weak to continue on. Sometimes it's, it's, it's difficult. Sometimes it's when you get up in the morning, it's like, man, another day. Right? Can we make it? We get bombarded. We get overwhelmed. And, and we look, do we, do we feel like we're just too weak to go on? Well, yeah. Well, guess what? Praise God. Be of good cheer. Be joyful. Jesus said, my my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. I mean, look, Paul asked the question in Romans chapter 8. He says, if God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, is God for you? Come on. Let me, let me just go ahead and give you the answer. He is for you. He knows the plans that he has for you, plans to... Plans to prosper you, not for harm. Plans to give you a future and a hope. He has plans. He knows you. He cares about you. He loves you. And he, he wants you to do well. So yes, God knows you. And God, if God be for us, then who else in, this, in, any, in any universe can be against us? Think about this. When King Asa went out against the great army of the Ethiopians... This is what it says in 2 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 11. It says, And Asa cried out to the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing for you to help, whether many or those who have no power. In other words, those who are weak. Help us, O Lord. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on you, and in your name we go against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God do not let man prevail against you. What is he saying? He says, Lord, it's nothing past you to call out armies from out of the dust. Right? It's nothing past you to, to just rise up an army right here and just wipe out the enemy. He said, but at the same time, Lord, you can take this little weak band that we have, this little weak group of people, and you can... Do the same. He says, so Lord, 
I'm not going to fret. I'm not going to worry. But I'm going to rest on you. I'm going to rest in the promise that I am your, your people and you are my God. I'm going to rest in knowing that you are my strength. And, and, and guess what? Lord, you're in charge. Right? In your name, we're going to go out. Lord, help us to prevail. I mean, look, even Jonathan went out to face the Philistines and said to his armor bearer in 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 6, says, come and let us go up over, uh, uh, over unto the garrisons of these uncircumcised. And may, and may it be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. In other words, the Lord's capable of doing it no matter if it's by the masses or by just a few. I think that the church needs to grasp a hold of the mentality that though we may think we are few, we are many in God. Hear me? I mean, the word says if one can cast a thousand, then two can cast ten thousand. Can you imagine if the body of Christ were to come together in unity and be able to begin to pray together and see the power of God manifest the world doesn't have an answer for the power of God. The world doesn't have an answer when the miraculous begins to take place and people are being healed. They don't have an answer. They didn't have an answer a few weeks ago when a, a, an NFL player hit the ground on the, on the uh, whatever it's called, field. I do watch football. But you know what? You know what their answer was? Let's pray. Let me tell you something. The truth is that God is very much at work in our country and around the world. It's are we willing to identify that he's working and are we willing to join the plans of God when we begin to promote and propagate the things of God to this community that are looking and searching for something. Longing for truth and yet we hold the truth. We're sanctified by your word. Your word is truth. Praise God. I'm going to head toward a closing if somebody wants to come. I love when the, the Baptist preacher last night says, y'all know when I say it, I'm closing, that could be a little while. One of my friends, when he, when he says closing, I'm on my third closing. I don't know if that's third point. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> look at the power look at that power it is to, to those who believe I mean it's one thing to understand what is available to us it's another thing to make that applicable to our life I mean, you can know. I mean, look, it's like having it's like having a million dollars in the bank. You can have it, but if you don't know how to access it, what is it worth? Nothing. You've heard me tell of my great uncle who he would go shopping with my aunt, my great aunt, and, and they would go through the store, and she'd put something in the cart. He'd look at it, see the price, and he'd put it right back. He wouldn't even get his prescriptions because he thought they were too expensive. And, and, and literally, as a 92-year-old a man, lived in a little Mill Hill, Mill Hill Village house in Anderson, South Carolina. It looked dilapidated. It didn't look like he had anything at all. And yet, in the bank, he had over a million dollars. He could have blessed his wife he could have blessed his children, and yet he sat there, sour, sacrificing for nothing. Because you know who got that? That son who, who was an alcoholic and blew every penny of that within a matter of six months. We have available to us enormous Power of God. I mean, the sun produces enough energy 
to run the whole earth for one year in two seconds. And yet it's the dot compared to some of the other suns that are out there. And there's billions of stars. And all power has been given to Christ Jesus in heaven and earth. And then he says that we are to go out in him, right? And I'm with you. In other words, it's accessible to you. Don't fear what man can do unto you. Don't fear what the world has to say about you. Rather, know that he is the Lord God and fear what he has to say about you. Okay, man? Because when, when you're in right relationship with him and you're connected with the King of kings and Lord of lords and he has commanded you as the ambassador of God to go out into the world, then he will empower you with a seal of his approval and the authority that he has for you to accomplish what he has called you to accomplish. There are souls that are needing to be saved. There are lives that are needing to be touched. And we have the authority and power through the word of God, through the blood of Jesus, through the lamb of God who was slain from the very foundations of the world that we can go out and share the gospel. We've got to be a voice. They call John the Baptist a voice calling in the wilderness. Prepare you the way of the Lord. Guys, we are walking today in the spirit of John the Baptist we need to learn to capitalize on the authority God gives us to prepare the way of the Lord Jesus said to a little man whose whose son was possessed of evil in Mark chapter 9 he says if you can believe all things are possible to them that believe. All things are possible for them that believe. Jesus said to Martha at the tomb of Lazarus, did I not say to you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Do we believe? Look, if there's anybody that wants to see the power of God move, it's me. But you know, we get caught up in the small mentality of Pentecostalism that the power of God is for us to dance the power of God is for us to shout the power of God is for us to you know feel something in the service but the power of God is for us to live a victorious life the power of God is for us to overcome evil do I want to see a shout? Woo, come on, I can shout with everyone. I'll, I'll shout the drop of a hat and I'll drop the hat. Come on. I'll run the pews or the aisles or whatever. That's wonderful. I enjoy it. I enjoy the emotional side of experience and the presence of God because I'm all in. I'll do it at a football game. Well, why not do it for God? But that power is not for the show. That power is for us to live a godly life. That power is for us to be able to be a voice in the wilderness, preparing the way of the Lord. That anointing is for us to carry the gifts of the Holy Spirit out there, the words of wisdom, the words of knowledge, to be able to speak into somebody's life that we don't even know when we begin to read their mail because, and they're looking at us like, how did you know? I don't know, but I just feel like the Lord wants me to say this to you. That's what that's for. We get so caught up in, well, man, we used to have these, woo, shouting services. May God let us have them. I don't want them. But what I want more than anything is to see a people victorious, living for Jesus Christ. What I want to see is on Monday nights when we have 40-plus people and we're bussing in eight, ten people from from a sobriety house and they come in and when they're getting in the van they don't know I'm the preacher and I'm driving and they're saying all kinds of manner of craziness in the back and then I get up in front of them and say I'm Pastor Paul I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ right and I begin sharing what God has delivered me from and I'm able to say with them look broken people do broken things Look, broken people will, will criticize the church. Broken people will, will get their feelings hurt for one thing, and then they'll just blast everybody and say, oh, the pastor just doesn't like me anymore. That's broken people. 
me tell you something. It ain't true. But broken people are wounded. And everything that happens, they view from the lens of woundedness. Broken people do broken things. Guess what? When we have the power of God that's available to us, we're we're able to overcome brokenness. Because in His name, we find healing. In His name, we find wholeness. In His name, we can look at each other with all of our differences, with all of our different ideas and opinions, and we can say, I love you. I love you. Because we are one body. We're on the same team. We all have purpose. And let's go together to fulfill the purpose. That's the power of God. This morning, I don't know where you stand. Maybe you're coming this morning and you're dragging, you're dragging. You got one leg dragging behind you. I don't know if I can make it. It's been, it's been rough. Maybe you've been beat up. Maybe you've been overwhelmed. Maybe you've been just crushed by the weight of experiences and tragedies and circumstances. Let me tell you something. Today we can tap in to the source of all power in heaven and earth. Maybe you're needing a healing. You've been longing for a touch of God to touch your body. Guess what? Jehovah Rapha is here. The healers in the house. Come on, right? Maybe you're, you've had a habit that you've been dealing with that you're just you're tired of it. Well, today, guess what? The source is here. He can give you the strength. I, I remember walking in to a service. I was a smoker. I was a cusser. I was an alcoholic. And guess what? By the time I hit the floor, everything changed. I mean, he took the taste out. He took the desire out. He took, he cleansed my lips. So guess what? You can't tell me he can't because I know he can, (laughs) right? I don't know what you're struggling with this morning. I don't know what your need is this morning, but I know the one who does. And if you say, Pastor, I need the church to pray for me. Would you just raise your hand right now? Yes, 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 yes. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break out the, the oil and I want to lay hands on some folks. Not that I have anything. I'm just a representative. I'm just a messenger. But I'm going to ask those who would come and join me to pray for those who are in need. I want to believe with you this morning. I want to believe that, that as Jesus told Paul, my grace is sufficient because my power is made known through weakness. I, I, I want us to experience that today in your life. I want to see that move. If you're visiting with us today, we're so thankful you're here. Don't, be, don't, don't feel intimidated. You're, you're already a part. You're already an ace in the hole, right? That's the ace family. We want you to be a part. If you say, Pastor, I need prayer. I want, I want to stand in for somebody or I, I feel like I need God's touch. Would you make your way to the altar? Would you come and let us pray with you? Amen. 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 I need some prayer warriors to join me if you can or if you will would you come and stand behind these and help me pray thank you guys thank you guys God is so amazing isn't he